So I want to take just a few moments today. And that's my plan, a few moments, okay? I want to share with you kind of the next step in this series. So Psalm 91 is where we're going to be. And Psalm 91, verse 1, I've asked you, or I've challenged you to try to memorize it. And we said, if you can break it down into two little phrases, you pretty well have it. Right? So it's whoever dwells in the shelter, right? Dwell in the shelter will rest in the shadow. Dwell in the shelter, rest in the shadow. Now, there's some more words there that are important. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And those words are very important. But to catch it initially, for me, I need something to grab onto. So if I can have those phrases, that's helpful. So I would encourage you to just let that marinate in your mind a little bit until not only do you are you able to quote it, but you're able to live under it, where it's impactful to your life, you know, where you can have the experience that we're enjoying today each and every day. And so with that here, let's go to this series. And one thing we've been saying, if we're ever going to rest in the shadow, then we've got to learn how to dwell in the shelter. And so we've been spending the last couple weeks talking about dwelling. We're going to do that this morning as well. And so the D, so dwell, we broke down into an acronym, D-W-E-L-L. The D was, all right, so daily, daily reside in God's presence. So he is our home, and he is where we live. He's where we start our day. He's where we end our day. Uh, He is where we're at home. We talked about him as our shelter and our rock and our refuge and our fortress and our rampart and our shield. All those beautiful things that are mentioned there in Psalm 91. Last week was W. And so we said we need to wait, right? So wait for God or wait for the Lord to satisfy us. So daily reside in his presence. Wait on him to be the one who satisfies us. And then today we're going to get into the letter E. So there's actually three today, but the main letter is going to be Uh, The main word is expect. So we're going to talk about exposed. We've mentioned that already today. We're going to talk about experience. And we're going to talk about expecting. So daily reside in God's presence. Wait on the Lord to satisfy. And then here today, expect his rest. Expect his rest. Okay? So in this context, when you think about expecting something, it means to anticipate the occurrence or anticipate that something or someone is either coming or something or someone is about to happen in some way. And we spend lots of our time every day just living expecting. So when you got in your car this morning, whether you turned the key or pushed a button, I bet you expected it to start. Right Now there may be times when we get in our car kind of like this, because we've had some issues, but most of the time if there's no issues, then we fully expect that car to start. That's what it means to anticipate the occurrence of something. I'm expecting that it's going to happen. And so I live and function under that. Uh, Some other scenarios here. How many of you have ever been uh, afraid of your heart stopping beating? Ever had that feeling, that moment? Right. So we would call that, if it did happen, we would say that that is an unexpected happening, right? Most of us today woke up thinking that our heart would still keep beating. That's the expectation. That's all we've known our whole life. And so if it didn't do that, then that would be the opposite. That would be something that is unexpected. So every day we expect all kinds of things. 
But here's the question that kind of leading into this. How often do I live and wake up expecting God's rest? How often do I live expecting that? Just like I expect when I push the button on my car, it's going to start or turn the key. Just like our prayer today. When we pray, how many of us in the room are fully expecting, not only is God going to hear, but God is going to answer? Or are we kind of sitting there kind of like, hmm, I'm just, I'm hoping that he hears and I'm hoping he does something. If that's where we're at, then we are not experiencing his rest. So this psalmist is quick to get us to rest, right? I mean, it's in the first verse. If you want to rest in the shadow, you've got to dwell in the shelter. And so he's writing to say, hey, I want you to rest in that shadow, but here's how you get there. You've got to learn how to dwell. You've got to learn how to spend some time with the Lord. Daily, you've got to learn how to wait, and then here today it's expecting. So if you want to experience rest, and I do, so rest could come in multiple fashions, but we could say it like this. Rest is knowing that God's got this. So whatever the situation is, and knowing God's got me. It's coming to God and knowing that in Him I'm going to find my peace and hope and joy and love and life and comfort. I'm going to find courage and passion and purpose, zeal, fire, hope. I'm going to find all this. I know I'm going to find it. That's what it means to rest in his shadow. To experience the rest, I've got to start by expecting the rest. Okay? So that's important here today. But let's go and let's read these 16 verses. You can follow along today if you want in your Bible. uh, Or you can follow along in the wall. This is the NIV version of Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So here's the psalmist. He's just kind of buttoned in. I just got to get this off my chest. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. Now he's going back to the people he's addressing. Surely he'll save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not let or you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side. Wouldn't that be scary? Ten thousand. So imagine everybody around you is dying. Kind of the culture that we're living in right now. Just fear of people in this country and this world are dying. People all around us are going to die. A thousand at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes, and you will see the punishment of the wicked. It's not going to be your experience. Remember, your experience is what? If you're going to dwell in the shelter, you will rest. What he wants you to experience is rest, not fear, not terror, not worry, not fretting. So here it is. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you and no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And you'll tread on the lion and the cobra and you'll trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. 
So that's last week, right? We want to wait on the Lord for satisfaction. His promise is those who determine to make the Lord their dwelling are going to rest in his shadow. And part of that rest is finding that satisfaction. So here's a few thoughts I want to share with you as it relates to expecting. And uh, sorry, we don't have anything for you to write on today, but feel free to write those down if you'd like to. So let's, let's say today that we were expecting some friends to show up at our house. They called us, texted us, and said, hey, I'm coming by tonight. Would you expect them? Right? Now, what if I just popped in your house about 9 o'clock tonight? You might let me in. You might not. Right? But I would be an unexpected guest. So there's a difference, right? An expected guest is somebody that has been notified. I know something. I have information. And so it's on my mind. So if I knew one of my friends was coming in town and they were going to be at my house tonight, all throughout my day, you know what I'm doing? I'm thinking about them. I'm expecting, I'm anticipating seeing them and just having that time together with them. That's what expectation does. Expectation then also then kind of leads us, it directs our lives. So I would probably go home and we would probably go home and work to tidy up our dwelling we would maybe go to the store and we would pick up some food or maybe some dessert or something if we knew these people were coming just to have some time together with them. Like, it would drive, it would have an effect on how I spent my day. Well, it's the same way here with what the psalmist is saying to us. As residents in the dwelling of the Most High, has he notified us that he is going to minister to us? He has right here in Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will what? Rest. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not contingent on lots of other things. If you dwell, here's the notification, here's the expectation, you will rest. So where I'm lacking rest could possibly be in part because I'm simply not expecting our expectation is, I'm going to live under the influence of this. It's going to be on my mind. So as I go throughout my day, whatever I'm facing, you know what should be forefront in my mind? God's rest is coming. It's just a matter of time. It's just a moment. It's going to happen. He's going to show up and in some way. He's going to minister to my heart. He's going to calm my fears. He's going to give me courage to speak. He's going to give me clarity to move. Because that's what He's promised. Corey, you're dwelling in my shelter. Guess what, buddy? My shadow is coming. Get ready for it, right? Expect it because it's going to bring you rest. This is elsewhere where the psalmist wrote and said, you know what? I look to the hills. Why? Because that's where my help comes from. What am I doing? I'm expecting that when I look to the Lord, He will answer. When I look to the Lord, He will hear. When I look to the Lord, He will Minister, And so the psalmist writes here with that kind of encouragement, expect this from the Lord and let it, then let it drive how you live your day, right? Just like we go out and gather food and those sorts of things in preparation for a guest, we need to live our day with expectation that the Lord's rest is coming and let that direct me. So rather than being afraid or worried or concerned, I'm going to jump and leap and lead with courage. Now, that's the rest, right? God's got this, God's got me. 
Dwell in my shelter, rest in my shadow. It's promised, it's on its way, it's coming. Now, why do I need rest? What does that imply? It implies that I'm weary. It implies that there are things in my life that can cause me to be restless. Create in me some unrest is what is being mentioned here. So let's look at the list that he gives. And Mr. Gill walked us through a list here this morning of Job. This is kind of similar. Look at his list of what these people could plan on experiencing in this world. Right Here is some unrest, and see if this would create some unrest in you. This is all in Psalm 91. We're just focusing on the exposure, being exposed to unrest. Here's what he says. I mean, if he's writing about rest, number one, that means they must be weary or there's something in their life that's going to cause them to be restless. If he's writing about God being a shield, a rampart, a fortress, right? these are all terms of war. These are terms of battle, and these are terms of protection, and so there must be some sort of maybe physical or maybe spiritual battle that is currently either experienced or it is on its way. He writes about a fowler's snare. He writes about deadly pestilence, the terror of night, the arrow that flies by day. He writes about the pestilence that stalks at night, a plague that destroys midday, the death of thousands all around you, wickedness all around you, harm, disaster, and trouble. Give me two scoops of that, right? No one wants any of that. And yet that's the world we live in. Exposure to unrest is out of our hands, and it is a 100% reality. And more often than not, there's not a thing I can do about it personally. All these prayer requests that we mentioned today, there's not a thing I can do for your loved one. But I know somebody who can. So that's why we that's why we pray. Right? Because we're asking him to intervene, to intercede on our behalf, our loved one's behalf, because we see an issue, a problem, and we can't fix it. And there's unrest in my family member's life, and they're exposed to it. You promised if they'll dwell in your shelter, they'll rest in your shadow. I can't make them rest there, but God can bring it. We've all probably found ourselves in that position of needing rest, coming before God needing. Maybe this doesn't this list doesn't describe your current situation, but somewhere along the way, and probably today, we could write out a list of things that we've faced that have brought on unrest that have made us worried, afraid, discouraged, hopeless, wanting to throw our hands up. We lash out in anger. We get frustrated. We just want to quit. That's what the psalmist is writing about. This stuff is on the way. Exposure to unrest is reality. So we're exposed to unrest, but even in the exposure, what am I supposed to do? I'm to expect the rest. Expect his rest, okay? I'm going to be exposed to all kinds of things in this world, but if I dwell in his shelter, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you will rest in my shadow. That's a promise that God has given, and he's been faithful 100% to keep his word. Now, like I said earlier, the author of this psalm has been very quickly to drive us to God's rest. Right? Dwell in my shelter, then you will rest in my shadow. And if we'll dwell... Like we've talked about, if we'll daily reside and if we'll wait on the Lord to satisfy, then he'll say the next step is expecting, living like somebody who's expecting this to actually happen. 
If you're hungry and you go home and eat something, what do you expect to happen? You're going to get full. That's just going to happen. That's the way it works. Right? For all of it. There's going to come a point where you can't put any more in your mouth regardless of how good it tastes. You are stuffed. We fully expect that to happen. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Expect this. He uses words like surely. Not like Laverne and Shirley, not the lady's name. He uses like truthfully, absolutely, 100% money back guaranteed. It's backed by the creator of all things. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. Surely he will deliver you from the deadly pestilence. Surely he's going to be faithful to you. And that faithfulness is going to be your rampart and your shield. Surely He's going to protect you from what seeks to harm you, what seeks to overwhelm you. He just, he's wanting us to live with God confidence. Wanting us to live at rest, even as we're exposed to unrest. And so we've got to learn how to expect His rest. And by we, I mean me, and you may want to lump yourself in that. But I certainly find myself here. And one of the struggles that I have about experiencing rest is that I don't expect it. At least I don't expect it the way the psalmist prescribes it. So far we've said it's, I've got to daily live in God's presence and I've got to wait on Him to satisfy. And what's that say, verse 16? With long life I will, I will satisfy. It's not I might, it's not I hope to, it's not if I get around to it, it's not if I have enough satisfaction left in my bottle, then I'll pour out some for you. This is what's coming, so I need to expect it. And sometimes I try to go about it differently. Like when I think about getting rest, maybe you're not this way, but I think about it, I can rest when something is finally what? Finished. When it's over. So I was doing some projects outside yesterday. I'm going from one to another to another to another. I was getting tired. I was like, well, I can rest when I am finished. Now, that rest is all dependent on whom? It's all dependent on me. And sometimes I take that same mentality to God's rest. I've got to finish something, then God will bless me or grant me His rest. Let's just put this into perspective a little bit. What did Jesus say? Do you remember about rest? Matthew 11. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're burdened. And I will give you rest. Again, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we'll dwell in the shelter, we will rest in his shadow. As I was thinking through that here this week, though, it made me think about the sisters, Mary and Martha. Remember those two ladies, good friends with Jesus, their brother Lazarus, and... Evidently, they spent a lot of time together. They were close friends is how the Bible describes them. On one occasion, Jesus shows up at their house, and Mary comes out, and what does she do? Mary comes out, and she just rests at the feet of Jesus. Was there anything to be done? Had all the chores been done, and all the food been made, and all the cows been milked, and all the bread been baked? Had everything been done for the day? No. And we know that because of Martha. You know, trying to be Mary in a Martha world is really hard. And I find myself being a lot more drawn to being like Martha, where I'm almost earning God's rest 
rather than knowing, okay, I got all this stuff still to do, but if I'm going to get God's rest, I got to sit at his feet. All this other stuff, can it may be broken. My ice maker's not wanting to work. Refrigerator's on the fritz. I got a shower right now. You can't even stand in. It will scald you to death. It has no cold water in it for whatever reason. And we could talk about all those kinds of things, right? So I think, well, once I get that fixed, then I can rest. Then my whole house is maintained. Wouldn't that be nice? What Jesus says is, in the brokenness. And what God's calling us to here is in the trouble, in the heart, when you're feeling overtaken, in the restlessness, when you're feeling battled, you don't have to wait for that all to be resolved and fixed. That's the point that you run for cover. And that's the point where you and I will find rest. But I don't like that answer sometimes. I kind of have the attitude of Martha. And from her perspective, this is kind of how I envision her talking to Jesus. Maybe you've never said this or maybe you've thought this, but Mary's sitting there. You know, if, if I don't do it, if I don't fix it, if I don't finish it, if I don't start it, if I don't organize it and plan it, you know what? It's not going to happen because my little sis is sitting right here at your feet. So you need to tell her to get up so we can all have some fun in this rest. And Jesus looks at her, right? And he says, Martha, you know what he says to her? You are so troubled. What is in Martha and what's she in need of? She's in need of rest. And she thinks, I'm going to get rest when I finish and when I fix and when I cook and when I organize and plan. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to take away. Mary's made the right choice and all the things that still need to be done. She's coming here. She's waiting on me to satisfy her. And you know what I'm going to do for her, Martha? I'm going to satisfy her. I'm going to give her my rest. It's going to be pleasing to her. And she's going to receive from me. She's going to experience from me what it is to be in my presence and to experience my rest. You know, God loves us enough to let us be a Martha. And sometimes we have to play the part of Martha long enough to realize that it doesn't work. Because at the end of the day, if I'm chasing everything that I need to get done, but I'm not sitting at the feet of Jesus, you know what I don't get? I might get physical rest where I can lay my head down and sleep but my soul is malnourished. I'm just as troubled and worried and, and afraid, stressed as I was when I started that day. You know, sometimes God just looks at us and says, go ahead, you try to be your best solution. And when that well runs dry, you come running to cover my direction. And remember, if you dwell in my shelter, You will rest in my shelter. So sometimes I don't experience God's rest because I'm not expecting it the way that he has prescribed it. I'm trying to get there by finishing everything rather than just coming to him and letting him sit there and minister to me. So again, to be someone who experiences God's rest is somebody that understands that God's got this and God's got me. It means... The psalmist wrote this back in Psalm 91. It says he's, he's going to cover us with his wings. 
we would say it this way, I've got you covered. But see, we go eat lunch today outside six feet apart somewhere today. <laughs> and my lunch cost me $15 and I only had 10 bucks. Some of you would look at me and laugh and go, sorry. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You would probably loan me the money, right? And you would say to me, hey, Corey, I've got you covered. I know that. You know what that gives me? It just gives me some peace of mind. It gives me some rest. So there are going to be things that I face throughout my day, and it's the same way with you. And God's not asking me to have it covered. What God has said is, you come to me because I've got you covered. Learning to dwell in. And I'm enjoying this process of really trying to understand dwelling, but I'm also learning that it's a lot harder and a lot deeper than I thought it was. And it's calling some things out of me that I've had some issue trying to surrender to, that I've had an issue trying to submit to. And so sometimes to get to that place of rest, we've got to do what we sang about this morning. You sang it if you sang the songs. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Surrender, submission. You are God, you are my master, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and I lay my life at your feet. And I've got a list this long of things I want to get done today. But before I touch any of that in my brokenness and the things I feel like I need to finish, I'm expecting your rest. I'm going to wait on the Lord to satisfy it. And I'm going to live this day knowing that he is on his way. And if your heart is troubled today, dwell in his shelter. And he would say to you, my rest is on its way. Whatever your fear is, whatever your unknown that's looming out there is, that's got you a little bit hesitant, that maybe has you reserved, the best thing I can encourage you to do is to dwell in his shelter because his rest is on its way. I can't fix your problems, but I hope that I can model for you and lead you to the one who can. Psalm 105, verse 4, this was my devotion a couple days ago. Says, look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. In context of today, that means expect God's rest to come. Because it's on its way. And so I want to encourage you here today. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Daily reside in his presence. Wait on him to satisfy you. And expect that that rest is coming. Don't chase it in your own way. Don't try to attain it by working hard and finishing stuff. It's just going to leave you that much more empty. And his rest is available. What does verse 1 say? What's the first word in this psalm? We'll talk about this on a, the last letter L, but the first word is whoever. Whoever. It doesn't matter what you've done this week. It doesn't matter what you've thought this week. It doesn't matter how you've saved or spent this week. It doesn't matter how you've been kind or a gossip this week. It doesn't matter who you've built up or tore down this week. It doesn't matter if you move from healthy to unhealthy this week. Whoever dwells in his shelter 
Whoever makes the Lord their God, he will bring in the judgment. And in a world where we are constantly exposed to unrest, I can't think of anything better to have. I can't think of anything better temporarily while we live on this planet to lead you to than the rest of God. So we're going to take a moment just to pray here, and I'll ask you to bow your heads in your prayer. But I'd like to pray specifically for you. If you are experiencing a period of unrest in your life, and your heart is in battle, your mind may feel everywhere, and your steps kind of feel shaky at best. And if you wouldn't qualify how you're currently living as then why walk out of here without asking the Lord to bring his judgment? Why walk out of here with not doing whatever's necessary to actually experience that and to know that his rest is in his way? So if there's something in your life that may be leading you to unrest, I would just like for you to look at me real quick. I'm not going to point at you, not going to call your name. I'm simply going to pray for you. pray with me today. Father, we worship you as our Father, and Lord, one of the greatest blessings I have on this planet is to be a dad, and what it must be like for you to be the Father of all living. And just the, the delight and the joy in your heart, and yet also sometimes just the, the brokenness see us walk away from the very things that you've designed us to experience and to live in. And Lord, so often for me, I just feel like I need to run to get things done. And we get what we can done. But it doesn't satisfy the soul. It doesn't bring your rest. And Lord, you've built us to work. We know there are things to do, and we find pleasure and joy in doing so, and we thank you for that. I pray that you would just teach me more and more what it looks like to dwell in your shelter, what it looks like here Sunday, July 19th. What's it look like for us to rest and to expect that your rest is on its way? What's it look like for us to live what we've sung Thou in him we find our rest. And Lord, just teach us greater. Just teach us more, Lord, what it means uh, to expect you to be God. I thank you that you're patient with us and that you forgive us when we try to bring about things in our own way and time. And I thank you for how those things continually falter and let us down as we keep driving us to the wall and never do. So, Father, we enjoy your blessing, but we look beyond that to know that you're the author of it and the giver of it. And so we worship you today instead. Lord, lots of lifted eyes in this room, lots of heaviness in our hearts. Lord, we've had lots of exposure to unrest, and it can make us weary 
make us angry because it causes us to just kind of want to isolate and not be around people and really maybe not even spend time with you. We just get overwhelmed and kind of shut down. But I pray that this exposure would not dictate our change. Help us today, Lord, to expect your rest and help us to live knowing that you're unmoving. I thank you for every person here. We ask your blessing and favor on them. Lord, send us out of this place to people that need you. Open our eyes to see the need. Open our hands to give to the need. Open our hearts to be moved with compassion to meet the need. And Lord, just above all things, we pray that people will see you in us. So we thank you for the power of your word and the presence of your spirit. We thank you for the gift of your son. We ask all this in his name. Amen.